Hey guys, oh. thanks for watching The Naturalist Capitalist. Unfortunately, I'm not out of my truck at night and in the White House. I'm still in my truck. <laughs> um, if you guys like that intro, uh, look up Dan Smots. He's a TSID pod on Twitter. He made that intro for me. He also made a great uh, channel trailer. So make sure you check him out. That guy does amazing videos. But uh, we got a couple old faces on the show again tonight. Justin O'Donnell and Joe Evans. How are you guys doing? Yeah, I'm doing great. Doing good. Feeling old. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize how uh, close in age Justin and I are. I thought you guys were like two old geezers and I was the young guy on the block. But apparently Justin's only a few years older than me. No, I'm 32. It's just like, you know, it's been a hard 32. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I'm 53, man. I, I'm, I'm holding in there. I'm doing good for 53, man. Forrest Mommy was calling me a baby earlier. <laughs> I don't know what that makes me. me right, huh? <laughs> yeah, she didn't realize that she was so much older. I, I still don't actually, I never asked her exactly how old she is, but she was making fun of me for being so much younger than her while informing me about her past as a day shift stripper. There you Ooh. go. Day shift right. stripper, that's a rough life, man. That's a rough life. Right. So, I normally think of day shift strippers as the girls who weren't good enough to get the night shift. Now I'm evaluating what the talent level at that club must have been. No, but thing is, you step back and you take a look at what sex workers are doing and the reason they're doing it in a lot of cases. You know, a lot of the day shift strippers are doing it because they got to take care of their kids after they get home at night. You know, there's nobody there to handle late night babysitting because, I mean, night shift babysitting is freaking expensive. You're, you're making me feel weird that all these lot lizards that I've been with, that they're doing it for their kids. That makes uh, that kind of thing. <laughs> <take fun. laughs> Thanks for that, Joe. Now, now I'm going to have that stuck in my head every time. I'd be like, oh, man, I don't feel right doing this anymore. Like, here, just take the cash and go. Like, <laughs> God, hey, it's work, right? Nothing wrong with MILFs, my man. Nothing wrong with MILFs, you know, whether they're pro or not. Nothing wrong with MILFs. <laughs> so, Joe, are you uh, are you running for office right now? Are you gearing up for the... Yes, yes, coach? I am. I'm actually registered with the FEC. Uh, I've been registered with them for a little while now. Uh, what, three, four months? You know, just sort of laying low and letting it sit there and percolate. Because, you know, it's a federal seat. Yeah, and the sooner you really start kicking into it, you know, it starts getting expensive. So it's like I'm it letting just it burn you the fuck out too, right? You know, and honestly, right now, one of the things that we're doing here in Idaho is we're sitting out the Republican, um, you know, infighting. You know, there's a civil war between our Republicans here in the state, and it is getting heated. <laughs> It's almost hilarious watching the entire infrastructure of the Idaho Republican Party implode on itself. You know, I got started early with the whole rhinos calling rhinos rhinos. And it's like it's it's nonstop now. You know, five different Republican candidates, you know, every one of them further to the right or further to the right than further to the right of the last one. Yeah, it's it's insane. Yeah, I had uh, Kim Iverson on the show the other night, and she grew up in Idaho. And, uh, you know, she's in the hellhole known as Los Angeles, and the Democrats oh. have completely destroyed that place. 
So she was saying she's just going to vote straight Republican because she doesn't care. And she tells her uh, she tells her dad in Idaho that and her dad's like, are you nuts? Um, but but tell us, like, what are what are the big issues in Idaho right now? Because obviously they're not fighting the same thing as they are in uh, Los Angeles. You guys aren't working at vaccine well, passports or making people second class yeah. citizens for not getting vaccinated is for other things you want people to be. Second class citizens still, right? It's actually ironic here. Uh, we have a moderate Republican governor. Yeah, and our new Republicans are coming in that are saying, you know, he wasn't far enough right. He wasn't in for enough freedoms. You know, they're coming in and saying, you know, why do we not have more monoclonal access? Why do we not have ivermectin available? At the, you know, why are we wearing masks? Why are we continuing to send our kids to school with masks? Because you're not in New yeah. Hampshire. <laughs> you're not in New Hampshire. You know, uh, so right now the mask mandates, you know, even though it's never happened in Idaho at large, you know, some of, uh, you know, Boise, where I live, are uh Democratic-like mayor. It's an at-large seat, so Colin, she's a Democrat. Uh, you know, did the mandate for a little while last year, but we've never had the mask mandate before. We've never had the vaccine mandate before. Uh, we've run into a little bit of trouble with our healthcare system because our healthcare. We got a monopoly on healthcare. We got two major healthcare. They provide 95% of the healthcare in the state. And those two organizations said, yep, if you want to work in healthcare in the state of Idaho, you got to be vaccinated. That's a big issue here. Uh, so we got that big issue because uh, Dartmouth Hitchcock, which is not only one of the largest healthcare providers in New Hampshire, uh, but also one of the largest private employers in New Hampshire. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they actually have like the only employer in New Hampshire that has more employees than Dartmouth Hitchcock is Walmart. <laughs> and Dartmouth Hitchcock has a vaccine mandate. Yeah. And uh, they're running around now touting the Supreme Court decision as evidence that they can mandate it because the Supreme Court decision said the government can mandate for nobody except healthcare workers because Medicare and Medicaid have already socialized medicine. Right. Right. Uh, and to a certain degree, we have that same problem here, except our primary provider. You look at, you know, the company that has the largest employment in the state. Ours happens to be St. Luke's Medical. You know, and they have a, a clinic nearly every small community all across the state. You know, and they're all running on the same system. They all got the same backbone for their infrastructure so that they're all using the same information system, turning all of it over to met all their information over to Medicare in the state is appropriate. But literally nobody is a larger employer in this state than that particular hospital organization. Yeah. You know, and it it's interesting to watch the whole thing devolve into this mess because they fired. They fired nurses and doctors who have turned around, picked up and had to go somewhere or else they just quit doing health care, you know, which is honestly not that surprising because right now in all all across the United States, there are places where they will pay a nurse more to do something other than being a nurse, you know, 
Or my, my favorite was when like the nurses first started quitting and they had staffing shortages. They're just like, okay, we're going to activate the National Guard to fill the shortages. I'm like, who the fuck do you think the National Guard nurses are? <laughs> They're the nurses in the hospitals. Like, So you're going to pull them out of work, pay them less to go back and fill their own shoes. Right. You know, uh, Thetacare. Thetacare. Remember fucking Wisconsin? Nah. No, I mean, shit, man, you just missed it. Thetacare was the health organization in Wisconsin. Okay, there was a competing health organization that came in and hired away all their nurses. <laughs> nurses told them they were going. Thetacare didn't do anything about it. And like a week before all the nurses, you know, the nurses quit and Thetacare went to the judge and said, bring him back, bring him back. So the judge told the nurses they can't go work for the new people. Three days later, another judge came in and said, no, dude, that's 13th Amendment. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> whoever they fucking want to. Uh, it's a right to work state for Christ's sake. Yeah, and that, and that was one of the things that absolutely blew my mind. Wisconsin's only been a right to work state for like about five, ten years. Okay, so it's not one of those with an established precedence, you know, on the right to work. Yep. But the thing is, is the whole time, right to work always worked to the advantage of the employer. Right to fire at will. They were able to control what was going on. You know, here five years ago, Wisconsin comes in and says, we're right to work state now. Now, all of a sudden, you know, right to work, right to walk at will, right to quit at will. Nurses said, you know what? We're gone. Gone. Well, even in a right to work state, if like if your employment contract has a non-compete that says you like if you leave for three to five years, you cannot go work for a direct competitor in the same field. That's still a private contract between two fucking people. Um, now I know like I, I grew up in Massachusetts. I live in New Hampshire and right to work, uh, um, non-compete clauses just are not enforced by no. these states. They just will not do it. But other states I've lived in have enforced non-competes. Like I used to be licensed to sell insurance in Rhode Island. And when I would move to a new insurance company, it's like, all right, for the first year, I can't sell in Rhode Island. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and that happens. That happens. Um, Oh, uh, so taking a look at your notes over here on the side. So, Joe, uh, what was it a year ago that Idaho was trying to constitutionally remove legal marijuana from the state? Oh, my God, Scott Grow. Uh, and that's actually interesting because right now the Noxamol, is that what it is? The Noxamol, which is the aerosol uh, cannabinoid that's been isolated, they're actually trying to go through a process of legalizing that in the state, getting it off of the Schedule 1 list. But the thing is, is Naximal has already been one of those that's been uh, proprietized by uh, Pharmacorp. You know, so all they're doing is taking something that Big Pharma has come in and said, hey, just legalize this little bit for us. Just this little bit. You know, uh, they're still trying to keep us from doing the whole the whole plant thing and the medical portion of what's going on with that. So it's real interesting watching them try and squirm around the edge of what they, you know, the last 10 years of, you know, the devil's lettuce isn't coming into Idaho. Uh, but, yeah, no, Grove tried last year in order to get the constitutional amendment and he was shot down twice in that process. He tried his own bill, got it shot down in the House, and then he tried to get one of his uh, 
party members in the House to submit a similar bill that was not quite as harsh, it still got shot down. So, you know. It's almost like constitutions are difficult to amend for a reason. Dude, you would think so. But honestly, <laughs> in the 100 years that the Idaho Constitution has existed, it's been amended 175 times. Holy it doesn't shit. take that much to amend the Constitution in the state of Idaho. Lysander Spooner has entered the chat. <laughs> 170 so, times in 100 years. Holy shit. So, I mean, here in New Hampshire, we have a constitutional convention every 10 years. Or at least right. the option. So, like, the, the there's one of the things that's in our Constitution, and weirdly enough, it says it can't be amended out. The Constitution is very explicit that they cannot amend this part out. That every 10 years, the legislature is required to put on the ballot a question asking whether or not the citizens would like to call a constitutional convention and reform the Constitution. Nice. So, and even <laughs> then, we don't do it all that often. Like, well, the last I, I one mean, was... 1992 was the last time they called it. Uh, we're going to push to call it next time because it looks like they're trying to kill our secession bill. Because we submitted oh. the uh, we submitted a constitutional amendment to secede from the United States and strike oh. all references to the United States in the state constitution. And <laughs> I can't move back fast enough, man. This is incredible. yeah. And uh, <laughs> the the committee voted. The committee recommendation is like this is a bad idea. We're like fuck you. But like we're gonna, so we're gonna push for a constitutional convention, um, so we can just get people to stack the convention to push it. Uh, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, but that's interesting because that's one of those things, you know. Um, Jenny Amhoff came in and uh, she took over our state party here uh, two years ago. 18 months ago and uh she's been going gangbusters trying to make things happen but it's her learning curve for idaho politics and what goes on <laughs> in here as she's trying to transition and lead the libertarian party of idaho and set up the course for things ahead and it's like wait idaho has a grocery tax what what, <laughs> what? that reminds me like when sarwark moved to yeah. new hampshire <laughs> He instantly thought he was going to take over and be in charge, and everyone's going to look to him. And everyone's like, "Do you even know what we do here?" <laughs> like, right? Yeah. You know, you you come to Idaho and you think guns. You know, they guns. You know, Idaho's got to be libertarian because it's about guns. No, Idaho's libertarian because ninety percent of the population honestly doesn't give a flying fuck what the government does in Boise. You know, uh, we had, one of the big arguments we had with Sarwark, like. He got real yeah. mad that we weren't recruiting candidates to run as libertarian in every race. We're like, no, not like I had a list of races and said, nobody runs in these. We don't want anyone running in these races. He's like, we want a libertarian in every race. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Keith Ammon, the Republican running for reelection is more libertarian than you. <laughs> like, Right. No, it, uh, we get into this whole situation of, you know, what, what is, Idaho's a red state. All of our Republicans are corrupt as fuck, straight up. You know, as corrupt as you think LA is with Democrats, Idaho's is corrupt with pro corporate whore mm -hmm. Republicans that, you know, are selling us out every other time we turn around if we're not paying attention to what's going on. But the truth is, is outside of the greater Boise metro area, nobody follows the laws that gets passed inside our state house. 
And it's like we have 105 people, you know, 70 of which only come to Idaho for three months a year or come to Boise for three months a year. And they try and govern the capital city from the Capitol building. Nobody no, I did. What's got passed. I, I did. Uh, there, there's a friend. There's a friend of mine from Idaho who's a, he's a free stater and uh, he's a really yeah. big pothead. He, he's one of the people that makes me think that maybe pot is bad for you, um, <laughs> just because like he, he's one of those people that just kind of sits there, know? smokes all day, and stares at the YouTube and doesn't move for hours on end. Um, but he was watching a video in the basement of our club the other night, and I, I walked down, and it's just a video. Going and he's from Idaho and he talks about how great it is being from Idaho all the time. And the video is about how people from Idaho on average are way dumber than the rest of the population and like your typical public school test score. And like public schools are bad everywhere, but Idaho yeah. is 30 points lower than the national average. <laughs> and he's just giggling. I'm like, you are confirming every bias I have right now. <laughs> Okay, here's the secret to that, Justin. Here's the secret to that. Okay, you know why the SATs and the ACT scores in Idaho are so much lower than all of the other states? None of those kids are going to college anyways? Well, that's the thing. Every senior takes those tests. Every motherfucking senior. New Hampshire and Maine, you know who takes the test? Kids who want to go to college. So you got selection bias when it comes to those tests, which is why the ACTs and the SATs in Idaho are always so dirt fucking low. Yeah, but you're suggesting that people who go to college are smarter. I'm not sure I agree. Yeah, with that. I mean, well, there is that. There is that. But the thing is, is at least they are training to test to the test. Mind sure. you, this friend of mine went to like the University of Idaho for a fine arts degree. <laughs> there goes the intelligence. <laughs> yeah, you know a bit, but. That's really one of the things. So when you step back and you look at it and you go, yeah, selection bias, man. Nobody gives a shit about the fucking stats because the stats are a fucking lie. It's garbage in, garbage out. You don't have a straight apples to apples comparisons, friggin' apples and oranges. You know, so yeah, we got some stupid people in Idaho. You got some <laughs> stupid people in New Hampshire. Matter of fact, maybe some stupid Idaho moved to New Hampshire. I wouldn't surprise <laughs> me any. You know, Stupid New Hampshire moved to Utah. We got one of those. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the problem with the stupid people that we have in the in New Hampshire is that they get elected because it's <laughs> it is so goddamn easy to get elected. We were Dude, that's everywhere, though. No, no. We have 400 state reps. Your average state rep represents 3,000 people, about 1,200 of them are voters. It is feasible, if you're running for state rep in New Hampshire, to spend $0 and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with every single voter in your district. Yeah, that's... It, it, it that's not even feasible that they do that. Like, I've seen people get elected on for state rep without filing a without spending $5. It's a $2 filing fee. Get your name on the ballot. and Oops, you accidentally got elected. In fact, Caleb Dyer, who was a libertarian in the state house in New Hampshire, walked backwards into that, and he's like, oh, I didn't actually think I'd win. All right, fine, Justin. I'll move there and run. I'll do it. I'll, I'll do it. But <laughs> during, the, uh, during the 
testimony. We had public testimony for uh, constitutional amendment for secession last week, and I went and testified. I yelled at the committee about how the Constitution was meaningless because one of the state reps is like, "We'll all be rebels and treasonous if we sign this." I'm like, "Good." Like yes, and, and? but uh, but I just yelled at him for a bit, and then one of, one of the state reps on the committee is like, you know, if you people want to make change so badly, you should get involved and run for office. And a bunch of people in the room are like, I am running. We have run. I'm just like, I couldn't afford the pay cut. And the whole committee is just like, what the fuck? I'm like, you guys, like you you do this for free. It's three days a week out of your time, and you get paid a hundred bucks a year. No thanks. Mm-hmm. Right. Granted, that $100 a year salary was set in 1789. <laughs> so if they adjusted it for inflation, I'm sure it'd be worth doing. Right. Rob's giving you shit about your hair there, Reed. Yeah, well, you know, it's what happens when you work on the road and you get to your truck stop five minutes before you're supposed to go live. So I mean, at least Reed has hair. Yeah. <laughs> I do have hair, that's for sure. So I've been seeing a lot of... Uh, a lot of tweets uh, saying like, uh, man, I really miss the mean tweets. And what that really means is the mean tweets were worth the, the better presidency we had and under Trump. And I'm not going to go so far as saying it was a better president. Uh, no, like, well, that's where I'm headed with this. Like, <laughs> I uh, like I, I think it, I think Biden being as horrible and stupid and authoritarian as he is was sort of a blessing in disguise because you had so many people who were just asleep under Trump. Like they were, they were just under here's, the. Nation. So here's the thing. It's like, and, and I've told a few people this. I, I think I've told you this, and like people get confused every time I say it. Um, Joe Biden is objectively, right now, as things stand today, the best president in my lifetime. No, um, <laughs> Donald Trump is the second best president right. in my lifetime because the really, really low bar that Donald Trump set to become the best president in my lifetime was that he did not start a new war. Joe Biden went and ended one that he inherited. So right now he raised the bar over Trump. Now next week we yes. may have to reassess that, but he's still probably going to be better than Bush because he's only going to start one war. Yeah, but it's going to be with Russia instead of Iraq and Afghanistan. Like I'm not, I think Russia is like above Iraq and Afghanistan. <sighs> Right, and, but I mean, here's the thing: is like I really hate war, and like I, World War Three will be catastrophic for the Ukrainian region, the Czech Republic, Austria, everyone around there. NATO's gonna be fucking decimated. It's probably gonna spill over into Germany and the fucking uh, Near East and Turkey and the stand Dude, countries. It's not gonna happen. It's but, not gonna happen. But there are two incredible positives that we will get out of this. One. We'll get videos, well, three three incredible positives. We're going to get video of A-10 Warthogs fulfilling their original design purpose of strafing Russian tank columns that they've never been able to do. <laughs> Two, right? okay. we're going to get a that. new Call of Duty game with a new plot for the first time in de <laughs> a decade. And three, in 10 years, there's going to be like 3 million surplus AKs flooding the secondary market. Wow, way to look on the bright side, Justin. That's impressive. <laughs> I, I, I talk about throwbacks like that. You know, I was looking through, and uh, I used to be a big RPG fan when I, you know, back let in me high just school. let me just throw this in here. It's funny how the commies in America 
hate the only thing that communism has ever successfully produced, which is the AK-47. AK-47, yeah. <laughs> which was inspired by a Nazi STG-44. Correct. So back in 1984, there was a, a role-playing game out that was called Twilight 2000. And what this was was post-apocalypse, you know, Cold War era, 2000, you know, World War III kicked off. And we had U.S. troops in Poland and the Eastern Bloc countries, you know, and all of civilization just collapsed. And all that was left was these roaming, you know, bands of warlords that were former military. Well, long comes 2000, that doesn't happen. Twilight 2000 came out with an update in 2021, you know role play through the war that never was <laughs> you know and here we are we're getting ready to go to war in the ukraine and i'm looking at that where's our ukraine scenario man <laughs> so even this is an inevitable war like if you actually look at the cultural makeup of ukraine either like the very fact that nato has been encouraging ukraine and supplying the ukrainian military to stop the civil war from happening in ukraine is what's going to cause this war to happen because like when russia annexed crimea there was no pushback. There was no insurgency. There was no rebel. They vote like ninety percent to leave. Like overnight. because everyone in Crimea is ethnically Russian and speaks right. Russian. Russia yeah. is invading Crim, uh, invading Ukraine because everybody in the eastern provinces is ethnically Russian and speaks Russian and wants to be part of Russia. And in fact, they've been fighting an insurgency in a civil war for the past four years, demanding right. to leave Ukraine and join Russia. And at the same time, the Western provinces of Ukraine, they're all ethnically Polish and speak Polish. Like, the Ukraine means the borderlands. Yeah. It, it shouldn't be a country. No, it shouldn't. You know, the Ukraine should be split up the same way the frigging Kurdistan should be united. You know, you got this area of Kurd, you know, Kurdistan, you know, you got four countries where the Kurds have been split up willy-nilly. You could unite all of Kurdistan which none of those countries actually want to see happen. I right. think Iraq. I think Iraq, and at this point, Syria would be willing to let the Kurdish territories go, but they Turkey would. never would. Uh, no, Turkey. Turkey likes likes their Kurdish Kurdish land too much. Yeah, but uh, the Ukraine, like you said, it's the borderland. You have eighteen percent of the country that's ethnic Russian. You know, while the rest of it's this variation of Polish and Ukrainian, and you know. The others from, uh, you know, the Caucasus. And it's also that same area where you still have remnants of Islam in certain areas where some of the tribals. So you're looking at this balkanized area that's still called a country and you're wondering what's going on. But the other thing is, is it's not going to happen because from a leadership perspective, what Russia does, what we are getting alarmed about right now. What Russia is doing right now is their standard winter exercise. Ukraine's looking at America going, what the fuck are you guys getting? All of, they, they, they've been doing this shit for the past 50 fucking years. Right, but this time they are kind of doing it in Ukrainian territory. So let, let me ask a question. Are you guys more worried about conflict involving us now or when Trump uh, airstrikes Soleimani, which is more of a like, Shocking. I'm still worried. So here's the thing. Like, I when Trump airstrikes Soleimani, what he did was piss off the Iranians. The yeah. Iranians don't go to war. 
That's right. not what the Iranians do. The Iranian Revolutionary Guard funds and trains terror cells, and they think in terms of generations, not in terms of years. Like when the Israelis bombed a uh, Iranian nuclear research facility in the 80s, Iran's like, you will pay for this. And then everybody fucking forgot about it until the late 90s when an Iranian embassy in South America goes up in fucking flames and everybody dies. And Iran's like, told you you'd pay for it. They don't, I like, Iran doesn't go to war and they do not think in terms of years. They think in terms of bloodline vengeance and generations. And if they're pissed about Soleimani, they will strike back and it'll be sometime in the future. Yeah, because he was there. Uh... Mad Dog Mattis. Like, I don't think right. people realize oh, yeah. how popular well, he thing is. Well, the thing is, at the time he was, at the time Soleimani was hit, he was actually our Mad Dog Mattis after a fashion because we had yeah. U.S., uh, Iranian, and Iraqi troops that were all working that counterterrorism mission, mm-hmm. you know, in Afghanistan or in Iraq against ISIS, you know, trying to stabilize Iraq trying to make sure Iran was stabilized in the area and that border was secured between Iraq and Iran, you know, while trying to make sure that ISIS didn't destabilize Syria any worse than it already was. So we had U.S. troops that were working with Soleimani not less than, you know, two, three months before that on counterterrorism. You know, so it's like you struck somebody that we were actually working with. It's amazing how much they gaslit that whole situation, too. Like, we had to take him out to stop a war against the United States from happening. He had killed thousands of Americans or whatever. I mean, it was just like, okay. (laughs) I mean, it was an incredible. There there is one thing. Did you... I was gonna say, did you see the video that went around like a week or so ago that was just like a side by side comparison of Obama doing his speech about we got bin Laden and Trump doing his speech about we got Soleimani? And it was like Obama all composed, just like our brave men, blah, 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 blah. And Trump's like, we got him. He's dead. He's not going to get any better. Soleimani or al Baghdadi? Whichever fucking one of them. It was al Baghdadi. Yeah, because he, yeah. he like, he ad-libbed. Like, he added in, he died like a dog. We shot him or, like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Fucking coward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was al Baghdadi. is, is if, if we're fortunate, you know, the Iranians will take a look at what happened with Soleimani, and they will target specific individuals that were involved in the decision-making process rather than just going, the Americans are going to pay, you know, and if they target Trump and his family and, you know, certain could other ambassadors. Imagine, and- could you imagine the fucking hell of a PR nightmare that like CNN would be put through if they had to cover like the assassination of Trump by foreign terrorists? <laughs> Like, the, <laughs> like this is undoubtedly an act of war against the a former United States president, a targeted assassination. Like, it's something that warrants a military response. Like, it violates every international law. Like, mm, shit, fuck, but we hate the guy. <laughs> so do you think Trump is ever redeemable in the eyes of the media like Bush has been? Or is he just a bridge too far? Like, is there a possibility I- for that? The, the, the question is, is Trump going to let himself be redeemed in the eyes of the media, or is he just going to feed off of it until he dies? He, I, I honestly think Trump enjoys the infamy more than he does, you know. Being and, how mu- and how much of Bush's, like, how, how much of Bush's forgiveness is because Trump? 
Yeah, that's a good point. But like, could there be someone like magnitude more Trumpian than Trump as he is compared to Bush? Like further down the Who out there right now is more Trumpian than Trump? Who who could really out Trump out Trump at this DeSantis? Point? But not by a lot, yeah. just by a little bit. No, dude, dude, I want to see I want to see Trump versus DeSantis in twenty twenty four. Like an ugly like cage match, Trump versus DeSantis. I mean that would I think that would be interesting to watch for the primary. Yes, like just go, have them go at each other's throats for six months in a primary. Like you, yeah, fucking like, horrible person. Then you get to the convention and Trump's like, I thought long and hard about my vice presidential nominee. It's going to be yeah. Ron DeSantis. The man has yeah. a spine and a backbone. Yeah, he went yeah. after me like even Joe Biden couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. What I, I want to see it. Like I feel like the optics of those debates could be better than the 2016 Republican geo uh, Republican primary. Like seeing DeSantis and Trump at each other's throats. I don't. Oh, like seeing DeSantis just spend five minutes of opening remarks shitting on Trump's vaccine and the mandates, dude. He's so good. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I want to see. Like, like everyone's forget. Like the same. Like, we, I don't know how many times we can say it till people really grasp and understand it. But like, the the vaccine mandates are being pushed by people who a year ago said they would never take Trump's vaccine. I was talking to someone about this today. I was saying like, <laughs> because she, she was saying that she thought, um, or she wanted to know what the you know what the landscape would look like now if the republicans had won if trump had won the presidency again like would all the democrats be against the vaccines and i said yes because they were before biden was president yeah. like kamala harris literally said in the vice presidential debate that she would not take the vaccine if trump told her to like <laughs> I mean, well that was it. it trump told her to right and, you know but now biden's saying it so now that biden's saying do it you know, it's okay. The well, thing Biden's not saying shit. Somebody's saying thing, it. We don't know who. <laughs> the thing that drives me fucking batshit about this entire thing about the CDC and the vaccine is we still got Fossey. You know, that's the other thing. Trump had the ability to fire Fauci at any he time. He did. And never did. Like Fauci's position, the director of the NIH, that's not a Senate confirmed position. That he is was literally too busy like draining the swamp, Justin. Like, give him some slack. Come on. <laughs> but, like, I, I don't know if he thought that, like, Fauci being the enemy would allow him to ignore Biden in the campaign or something. But, like, Trump had the ability to just fire and replace Fauci at any goddamn time mm -hmm. he chose. I think he would have won. Yeah. We fired Fauci. Like, I think, I mean, I, I think he fucked up on multiple levels. One was telling all his supporters to not vote by mail. That was really dumb. And then the other one was uh, instead of trying to act like the anti-establishment candidate, he just decided Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, the crime bill guy and the dirty cop were the Black Panthers. That was his other misstep. And then his other misstep was like not putting uh you know not putting his foot down with fauci or any of the covid bullshit like he just let rand paul do all that and then he just kept on his merry way and i think you know if he oh, if God. he those things differently he could have won imagine if he like pardoned joe exotic and just put him on netflix to advertise for a year <laughs> like that would have done it <laughs> that's a, so that's the craziest thing like january 20th last year 
pardon day. Everyone's waiting for their pardons. Like everyone's waiting with bated breath. Are Ross and Julian and Edward Snowden going to get pardoned or not? But what the news kept were showing, the news wasn't showing like images of Ross's prison or the embassy where, or, or where Julian Assange was being held or the Brit- Russian embassy about Edward Snowden. The news kept showing the limo waiting outside of Joe Exotic's prison. All pardon day. They're like, as Trump's considering pardons, Joe Exotic has a limo waiting for him. <laughs> that would have been a that would have been a good move on his part. Like that that would have been good publicity. I mean, from the whole perspective of 2020 and everything that was going on with uh, Exotic, you know, Tigerland or whatever that hell, Tiger King, Tiger King. That whole thing was just so freaking surreal. It's like. Is, is this real life? What? I, I mean. Tiger King. I still have not watched it through to the end because it got really hard to watch at some point. So it's like, if you've been around the LP long enough, at some point you're going through Tiger King. It's like, ah, man, I know these people. Like, <laughs> fuck. Like, this is horrible. <laughs> like, I met that girl when she had two arms. Like, <laughs> No, but the thing is, is we had perfected reality TV to such a level. You know, we had the Kardashians. We had The Bachelor. You know, even Trump with his The Apprentice. You know, and the food, Guy Fieri, you know. We had perfected reality TV. And then comes Tiger King. Yeah. And it's like, like, what the, f- where do we move from this to trailer trash Barbie and you know it's like that bitch in Florida why? well Florida Florida man yeah I mean, well, we did have he was, he was Florida man in Oklahoma, but like so is, I'm watching Tiger King with my friends. Like the day it came out, we had it on the big screen at the uh, Libertarian Club, and I was watching it. And I was walking away, like why are you walking away? I'm like I got to go text Aaron. Like why are you gonna text Aaron? Because she's on Netflix. <laughs> like I was like I gotta go. I don't know if these people know that they were putting a fucking Netflix show because it's just footage from the LP Oklahoma convention. <laughs> <laughs> that they just fucking used. I'm like, mm, no, it's good. It's like, it's like, do you know these people? I'm like, yeah, I've done coke with him. Now I'm questioning whether or not it was meth. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, oh. yeah. But I, I, I do like try to envision Trump rewinning the presidency and like. Do you think the Republic, like, I I know the Republican establishment would have no problem pushing the vaccine, but do you think, like, the the Trump base would be accepting that completely? I feel like some more of them would be than there are now, but I don't feel like they do. I don't think there'd ever be a mandate. Mm-hmm. No, no, not under Trump. Uh, the mandate wouldn't exist. Uh, Trump couldn't do it. And right now, in, in, well, this the, is one of the mandate doesn't ex- the mandate doesn't exist. Like that's important. To point it's out. the threat of the mandate. That's right. The threat of the mandate. Well, thing is, is right now the Supreme Court, as it stands, you know, with who's in it, has essentially cre- ruled that mandate is impossible. It will never exist in any way, shape, or form outside of maybe the healthcare industry. But this right. is interesting because right now Justice Stephen Breyer has announced he's retiring, and he's getting replaced with a black woman. Is he? 
Yeah, no, uh, Jen Psaki said the nominee will be a black woman. I mean, okay. if I yeah. ever had a fucking opening for an employer and said it will be a white man, <laughs> fuck, I'd be canceled. Like, like, even if I had an opening for an employee and I said it would be a black woman, like, people would throw a fucking fit about me excluding thousands of potentially qualified candidates and not going through a selection process. You know, but this is the interesting situation because remember Ruth Bader, she was hanging in, she was going, Hillary's going to, Hillary's going to be the one to appoint my replacement. Hillary is getting, you know, the first woman president is going to be the one to replace me. And you hear those, those are the two guys. most beautiful things about Trump winning, by the way, is that he beat Hillary and then Ruth Bader Ginsburg got replaced by a Trump nominee. <laughs> like those two things. Just make it all worth it. It's hilarious. But but it's like you got Justice Breyer right now looking at the situation, looking at the politics. And after four, 20 years, I guess 20 years sitting on the Supreme Court, he's looking at the political situation. And he's looking at Joe Biden and he's looking at 2022 and what's going to end up happening in the House and the Senate. And he's going, there's no way a Republican House and a Republican Senate is going to, you know, vote for any liberal nominee right. that comes from the White House. If I don't retire now, mm -hmm. Joe Biden's going to pick himself another conservative that'll fly through the nomination process. Or another moderate. And, and like, that's the, the thing yeah. is, like, Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg was, like, the evervescent darling of the left. Like she was, they loved she her. Was. They worshipped her for decades. She was even when the she every woman. Up. Yeah, she was the every woman. Like she is proof that women can ascend to the highest ranks of power, and like every young girl should look up to her for like what she was able to accomplish. And like the progressives just absolutely loved and adored everything she did. The moment she died, like Washington Post put out an article, she was a horrible fucking person for not retiring when Obama was in office. Yeah. But that's what <laughs> Justice Breyer's looking at right now. He's looking at the political situation. Oh, fuck. If I don't retire now, I'm going to die, you know, with an administration that's going to replace me with some hyper authoritarian conservative jackass. Yeah. You know, and thing is, we can talk about this with Biden all the time because Biden, while he was sitting as chair of the Senate Judiciary Committee, he never once allowed a nomination of a liberal judge to succeed. It was always a conservative judge. It was always a pro-authoritarian judge. It was always a pro-cop judge. It was always a pro-corporate judge. You know, even with Breyer retiring under Biden, there's no guarantee that he's going to be replaced by a liberal judge. Well, I mean, the the crazy thing is, like, I think I think one of the smartest things Trump did was the three Supreme Court justices he nominated were all very young for a they Supreme were. Court justice, and they will be in there for a very uh, long time. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're going to be there a long time. So, what do you guys think about the Supreme Court? Do you think it's a Good thing. Abolish it. What are, what are your thoughts on that? The, thing, the Supreme Court is the only thing, no, no matter what its makeup or its composition, it's the only thing that is keeping authoritarian governments and 
um, unelected bureaucrats from even pretending to try and comply with the Constitution. Like, if you get rid of the Supreme Court, it, it doesn't matter what its makeup is. As long as it's there, they have to at least try mm -hmm. to, to yeah. word, like, okay, this complies, I think. We can argue that it complies. If it's gone, yeah, and there's nothing. They're like, mandate. It's not constitutional. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. It's a mandate. Now, and, and that's one of the things. All three justices that uh, Trump nominated, you know, every one of them were a traditionalist. Every one of them, look, are even with the stuff that they're looking at now, reviewing stuff, they're still going back, well, this has been case law for 30, 50, 70 years. I'm not going to change it you know uh so from that perspective he nominated traditionalists who are still looking at previous case law and going yeah we're not flipping that you know there's no reason for us to flip that why are you bringing this bringing us this garbage yeah you know? well so one of the first lawsuits um about the vaccine mandates to get rejected because the the case they heard wasn't the first one presented to them and the way it works is that like it gets presented to the judge of your circuit and they decide and their method for deciding on the merits of the case is whether or not they believe there is a likelihood that a majority of the court would rule in your favor if the judge says there's there's no likelihood in their opinion that the court would rule in your favor. It doesn't even go to the Supreme Court. Uh, the judge can reject it right there. One of the first ones was students at the University of Indiana who filed a lawsuit about the mandates saying they couldn't go back to school without a shot. And Amy Coney Barrett, a Trump appointee, rejected that lawsuit and said there was no chance the government would overturn the mandate. Hmm. And she cited some case from Massachusetts in like the early 1800s. All right. Yeah, that case. Jacobson v. Massachusetts about the smallpox vaccine. Right. So, like, it, it was weird to see her then turn around and vote in favor of getting rid of the ban. Um, it's like, but like, there was precedent that could support a vaccine mandate in the Supreme yeah, Court. And precedent. she rejected a case based on that precedent. Mm hmm. Yeah, she did. I, you know, and I was ready to go to Twitter and torch that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like everybody yeah. thought she was going to be the best appointee to the Supreme Court in forever. I'm like, she's fucking horrible. She's fucking awful. <laughs> Burn her at well, the stake. She's young. She doesn't have a lot of experience in the appeals court process. You know, and Elena Kagan had never held a bench before when she was appointed. Yeah. Elena Kagan yeah. was a lifeline lawyer who worked for the government. She was a prosecutor and then solicitor general. She was never a judge. And then she was appointed to the Supreme Court. And yeah. That's what Corn in the comments said. It's going to be Harris is the next fucking <laughs> Biden is going to fucking nominate Harris oh, to the Supreme you... Court. I think it's going to be Whoopi Goldberg personally. I'd vote for you, Whoopi. You know what? Honestly, judge honestly... Judy. Judge... No, she's not black. She can't be her. Honestly, probably one of the only things that could save Biden's life, you know, once we go past the 2022 mark, is if he does appoint Harris as a justice, because then she won't kill him to become president. <laughs> How about this? How about Nikki Haley? Not black. Not white. 
And Harris isn't black either. Uh, that's true. That is technically true. Harris is only black when she's campaigning. Otherwise, she's Indian, <laughs> Southeast Asian, Pacific Islander. Right. Yeah. But Nikki Nikki Haley <clears throat> is more Indian than uh, she is than uh, Harris is. She might not look it, but she's not white. Hmm. I didn't. Know Nikki, I didn't know Nikki Haley wasn't white. To be honest. So when I first found this out, it blew my mind. I'm like, you're full of shit to the kid telling me. And he's like, no, she's not white. She's Indian. I'm like, no, she's like the whitest woman in politics. <laughs> like, right. fuck you. And I went and looked it up. She just looks white. Her actual name is not Nikki. Her name is Nimrata. And uh, Nikki is just a nickname. But you're allowed to run under a nickname in uh on, in most states, so she runs as Nikki Haley. It turns out Nikki is just a word in Punjabi that means little one, and that was a nickname her father gave her. Wow! The more you learn on this show, guys. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, but like, things. if you look up her family pictures, she just stands the fuck out. <laughs> like she, like she looks white, but her parents look like they are off the boat from a Comcast call center. So we haven't had a black president or vice president yet if you think about it because obama no. wasn't black either his mom was white so hey no 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 we we, we got to step back on that because bill clinton that's true <laughs> bill clinton had a ghetto pass no no but seriously if we go back to case precedents clear back to the 1705 virginia slave codes we had the blackest president we were possibly ever going to get you know it's true. Obama had no right to citizenship under the 1705 slave codes, you know, and that was carried through. That was not overturned when we signed the Declaration of Independence. That wasn't overturned with the Articles of Confederation. That wasn't overturned with the U.S. Constitution and its freaking three-fifths compromise. You know, uh, 44 half black, half white. Was he cue ball or eight ball? Uh Yeah, I'm probably going to get a slam for that one, but... <laughs> That's all right. You're going to get a slam coming on the show anyway so it's all good but, i don't know somebody somebody else in the comments said they should nominate michelle obama she's a black <laughs> transgender woman <laughs> there you go we just saved you joe that, that's worse thank so. you thank you no but honestly uh michelle obama she is a black woman she has a law degree you know when she's been she a lawyer i don't know how long she practiced or even she what ever practice or did she only teach See, I think she's one of the only Democrats yeah. who win. But we already had that discussion that you haven't had to actually practice law or be a judge to sit on the Supreme yeah. Court. Well, Elena think, Kagan at least practiced law. True. Do, you, do you think Michelle could run for president in 24? Because I feel like she's one of the only people who could win at this point. At this point, uh, from the Democrat side, yeah, and I don't think I don't I don't think it's a question of like the only person that can win. I think it's wide the fuck open. I, I like oh, when dude, you're talking about so like establishment it. politicians who can win, the field starts to narrow and get smaller. If you're going to talk about random fucking celebrities and pop culture icons that might get it in their heads to jump in, I don't fucking know. Trump broke politics. Who the fuck knows what will happen next? If so Trump you, wins, who do like, you guys? Who do you guys want to see? What's your dream? Kanye scenario? fucking West versus who? <laughs> like, like who versus who? Fucking do make Tom Brady the Republican nominee. He just retired from football, right? <laughs> Why not? You know, uh, 
New England Patriots. Long could you, could time, you well. imagine Massachusetts voting Republican? <laughs> <laughs> For him, they would. Yeah. Like, you know, uh, God. Go with The Rock and Tom Brady. You know, I, I mean, how much worse could we get as far as celebrity combos? No, no, that's the thing. Is like the 2024 election is going to be one on fucking TikTok. I don't know what the fuck's going to do it. Like, Rock's already got his TikTok account. Yeah, I, I can't uh, figure out how to use TikTok. <laughs> I have a TikTok account. I had a video going nuts. It's a whole bunch of comments asking me when libertarians are going to repeal age of consent laws. Oh, God. Jesus. When will they friggin' stop that, man? That, that, that's so friggin' tired. Why would you they stop the straw man they get to use and it doesn't cost them anything? Well, and I don't know why they use it. Because thing is, is right now there are more convicted pedophiles in the Republican and Democrat Party holding office. Yeah. You, know, but... you step back and you take a look at the flight logs, you know, with the Epstein. You know, there isn't a libertarian on a single one of those motherfucking flight logs. You got Democrats and you got Republicans out the fucking ass. And they want a single libertarian, you say. Epstein flight log. (laughs) (laughs) Justin's pulling it up right now going, are we sure about that? Because me, (laughs) you know, what was McAfee doing? What was McAfee doing? McAfee actually got arrested by like the fucking... um... If there had been any of them that had been on the flight logs, that would no. Yes. McAfee got arrested at one point by like the Costa Rican Coast Guard because he was trying to trespass into Epstein's waters and fly his drone over the island to take pictures and expose the pedophiles. Mm. McAfee, working to save kids. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought? You know, uh, if I were a type of guy who lived in an afterlife, I wouldn't know where he is. I'd think like purgatory. That's just the safest bet. But <laughs> no, based McAfee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly, I, I I think there's a good chance he's in heaven, man. You know, he was a bit of a hedonist. You know, liked his drugs. I don't you know. know. So I, I I like animals a lot more than I like people. Yeah, I I don't value. You still haven't wanted to have sex with a whale yet. (laughs) Yeah, I don't value human life all that much. Like to be perfectly honest, like I have no problem with wood chipper memes. Like there was a point at Porkfest last year where somebody like made an accusation about somebody like being creepy and walking into a kid's tent, and I've never seen so many dudes just reach for guns and start walking all at the same time. And I'm like, I have no problem with this resolution. Drag him behind the gator down the street. Um, but, <laughs> like, the whale didn't. And I get McAfee's argument was that if the whale didn't consent, then he would be dead. But, <laughs> I, I, I still think, the like, it's abuse of a whale, and I like whales more than I like people. <laughs> what if they're the same thing, like with Meghan McCain? You know, if it's a whale and a person. That, that, is a, <laughs> that comparison is rude to whales. <laughs> Rather. I, she but, still hasn't blocked yeah, yeah. me. I went after her today because she, or yesterday, I forget which. But Fucking she, Beyonce Knowles is on this list. 
<laughs> yes, she is. You know, but, uh, you know, dolphins are some of the most rapecastic, you know, seaborne animals. You know, they're always, you know, doing things without asking consent. It, they also but, have drug circles. Dolphins will go get a puffer fish, chew a puffer, a puffer fish, fish to get high, puff, puff, and pass puff, it around puff. in a circle. This, this puff, conversation puff, is taking a weird turn. <laughs> Quentin That's, Tarantino is on the list. Yeah, well, dude, dude, you know, it's all of Hollywood. It's all of Washington, D.C. Literally, you know, um, now even the ones who blasted their fellow co-stars are on, you know, that list. Um, Robert Downey Jr., it's good not to have heroes if you go through Epstein's visitors. It's very <laughs> it gets, good not to have heroes. It gets disappointing real you fast. Heroes, you prepared to be disappointed. Yes. Steven Tyler being on the list is hurtful to me because, like, Steven Tyler is a hero. Uh, not for his music. I actually don't think Aerosmith was that good. I think they're very overrated. But Steven Tyler, along with Ozzy Osbourne, is proof that drugs aren't the problem. Because they've done more drugs than anybody, and they're still alive. Keith Richards, yeah. So like, that whole, yeah. How are they still alive? How did they reproduce? It's one of the things I wonder. How were they conscious enough during some Although, of those? Hey, you, here, here's a little bit of trivia that'll fuck with your head. Like, imagine how Steven Tyler felt during this. Um, Steven Tyler's like one of Aerosmith's biggest hits ever. Don't want to miss a thing. Okay. Uh, right. Steven, Steven Tyler's daughter, Liv Tyler, was in the movie Armageddon. Fantastic film, classic. Everyone should watch it. Uh, there is a scene going. in that movie where she's just getting railed by Ben Affleck. Right. To don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Steven Tyler was her guest to the premiere of that film. <laughs> so she, he had to sit next to his daughter and watch her get railed on screen to his music. Speaking <laughs> uh, uh, of music, what do you what do you think of? Uh, um, oh, fuck Neil Young. Yeah, Neil Young. Yeah, what about? <laughs> Dude, so first, so I, first of all, he threatens to pull his music from Spotify. And then he finds out, oh, I actually don't own my own music, so I can't pull it from Spotify anyway. <laughs> and then Spotify today pulled his music. Oh, did well, they? It's, it's interesting because thing is, Spotify is... said, "Fuck you, go." Like he, like he's like, oh, I'm just I didn't know that Spotify's like, nope, bye. Okay, oh, here's the, here's the here's the deal, and this is one of those things. Okay, last month, okay. He sold half of his catalog for $150 million last month. He sold it. His music, $150 million. Then he writes Spotify and says, if you're doing Joe Rogan, you can't play my music. Well, like you said, he didn't own it because he just right. sold it last month. <laughs> so now Spotify pulled his music that is now owned by someone else from the Spotify Platform. So he owns the fifty percent. He so he only sold fifty percent stake in the music, and Spotify pulling it in response to his antics might mean the person that owns the other half could take legal action against him for devaluing oh, no. their investment. 
Maybe he would have talked to his partner before he went off the rails. I'm assuming assuming Joe Rogan is the number one Spotify uh, customer, right? Like, he's got to be. Close enough. I mean. So, like, I don't know what his pay rate is. Like, aside from, like, the $100 they gave him up front, I don't know what he gets paid per download or per listen or anything like that. Like, I know other, like, musicians I've seen complaining about the pay rates from Spotify. Um, like Phil has said stuff before about like how little bands actually get paid per stream uh, from Spotify and YouTube and other things like that. Um, I I made a joke at one point that I'm pretty sure the, uh, (laughs) the one and a half cents per listen that my podcast gets on Spotify is more than Joe Rogan gets per listen on Spotify. It's just, he has millions more downloads than I ever will. So, but it's like, (laughs) It's funny, like, I don't have the Spotify app on my phone. I don't use Spotify. My podcast is uploaded to Spotify. I'm sponsored by Spotify and Anchor. Um, and I still don't use the product because it's just not the, the a product that I would want to use in my daily life. But, like, I do know people who only have the Spotify app and a paid Spotify account because of Joe Rogan. Yeah. Yeah. What was he expecting? Was he expecting them to be like, "Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. I guess we'll, you know, we'll we'll kick this episode and tell Joe Rogan he's not allowed." Or, I mean, how many kids under twenty? Spotify let employees go. So when they first signed Joe Rogan, a bunch of employees tried to protest and said, unless they censored his content, they would quit. And Spotify said, "Bye." Yeah, <laughs> like if they don't care about their employees, they don't care about Neil fucking Young. No, you know what's scary is um, you're seeing uh, Joe Biden, and then f- I forget who it was. It was the someone from the Department of Health was calling right. on Spotify. What? Who was that again? Was that the? You guys know what his name is? I don't know his name. I don't know the, the names you get. It all starts to blend together because so much <laughs> of it just quiet outrage. Or- Wow, obnoxious outrage. You know, the moral majority, you know, the silent majority, which was never silent and never a majority, you know, continues to spout and just be loud to the point where people just get annoyed with them and they finally say, okay, whatever. Yeah, the Surgeon General. um, Yeah, the Surgeon General. General. So he was calling on Spotify to censor Joe Rogan. And then Joe Biden over the last couple of weeks has been calling on multiple social media companies to crack down on misinformation. That's literally fascism, like literally fascism. And, Holy fascism. Uh, the, the Democrats love it. And it, they don't even hide it. Like Jen Psaki said months ago, they were pursuing an initiative for the government to coordinate between social media companies so that when somebody gets banned on one, they get banned on all. And what's ironic to me is like, I see so many people drawing, communist parallels and like talking about gulags and shit this is way more nazi like to me like you're dehumanizing people who don't want to put something in their body and the propaganda is much more nazi like the the propaganda yeah you know it, it doesn't matter whether we look at it as nazi versus commie you know left versus right you know, right. this is straight up authoritarian. It's the authoritarian playbook. It's 1984. It's Mein Kampf. It's all of that trash. This is about the dehumanization. It happens with the communists as much as it did with the Nazis. 
it's dehumanizing. It's saying, you know, you aren't human because you aren't doing what I want you to do. You know, we've watched the dehumanization process happen all through World War One, World War Two, every genocide in Africa, you know, our own genocides that have occurred here in the United, in the Americas, you know, it all starts with a process of dehumanization. You aren't part of the community. You are them. You are others. Therefore, because you are less than what I perceive human should be, you deserve death. You know, it's why Justin doesn't like people. People are just fucking awful. Like. <laughs> they, they are. But the thing is, is we're still human. And the second you start going around with the dehumanization process, as soon as you start saying, yeah, they're autistic or, you know, they're something that I don't like, you know, you started. What, the what if we're calling process. what if we're calling libertarians autistic, though? There's a pass, right? When you're referring just to libertarians. <laughs> I mean, facts are facts. Yeah, exactly. Like, but it's science. still a dehumanization process. I mean, the process of calling somebody a Democrat or a Republican or a libertarian. Yeah, you know, hey, I don't. It's a dehumanization process. I don't think it's dehumanizing to call people autistic because I think autism is evolution's next step into turning people into computers, and they are being dehumanized. Yeah, well, well, we are dehumanizing, <laughs> but it, you know, it's uh, yeah, you know, it's about the diversity versus the divergent. You know, we have a long history in the United States of punishing divergence rather than accepting diversity. And it's one of our failings because diversity is what- It was also a terrible movie. movie. Uh, Divergent was, it was an extremely bad movie. Yeah, but <laughs> again, you got to take a look at the audience it was targeting. You know, diversity is what creates the survivability of the species. The only way the human race is going to continue to survive beyond is if we maintain our diversity. The second we create this, hyper specialized creature that you know the authoritarians want us to become you know we're dead as a culture we're dead as a race and you know as long as we continue to support this you know you're not good enough for the corporate entity you're not good enough for industrialized america you're not good enough for the status quo we cannot support you if you cannot support the machine you know it's like fuck the machine uh <laughs> Good lesson for Holocaust Remembrance Day. It, shout out. Holocaust Remembrance Day. Uh, stop the dehumanization. So yeah. I just shared something. Read. Can you put up what I just shared? Uh, let's see. The mayor of Chicago. Oh. Spelling get vaxxed with $100 bills. God, how pretentious <laughs> can you get, man? Like... How fucking pretentious can you get? <laughs> Bitch. Half of America can't, uh, doesn't have that much cash on hand that you got laying on that fucking floor right there. <laughs> well, I know we, I know we were going to tell them to get vaxxed. Fuck you. I know we were just talking about dehumanization, but I swear she isn't human. She's She's got some, <laughs> she's got some uh, fish... Uh, fish beans in her for sure. <laughs> like, oh fuck that that is like that is the tone deaf to another. She's using a one dollar bill as the apostrophe. In fact, <laughs> if you look close enough, 
Look, we're getting ratioed there, man. She's getting ratioed live. 2,376 <laughs> quote tweets. And this was put out by her. This isn't a, like a slam. Wow. What a right moron. <laughs> like, wow. That's fighting for the people right there. Like, that is god mind-blowing like the 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 tone deafness the fu- the fucking audacity that's chicago in one of the in one of the poorest cities in the country right chicago like what what's Ooh. next they're gonna line up guns <laughs> Horse moment, yep, theater. It, it's kabuki. It's political theater. You know, it's just a sick game. You know, they're not even pretending anymore. They are not even pretending that they like us, that they like their constituents anymore. <laughs> yeah, she does look a little bit like Beetlejuice. Yeah, Did you guys see? I'll see if I can. I'll, I don't know if I got it here, but I'll try to pull it up. But <clears throat> did you see the Occupy Democrats tweet about the fought the 31 year old father who needed a heart transplant and they denied it to him because he wasn't vaccinated in boston yeah just Forge just brought that up yeah the uh father in boston you know um that one's an interesting situation because that death panel's actually existed for a long time you know not necessarily with vaccines but i you know other things for considerations you know liver transplants you know you got him completely adjust your lifestyle or they'll deny you, you know, you show up and you test positive for, you know, alcohol, you know, for drinking a glass of champagne at your daughter's wedding, boom, you're off the liver transplant list or you go to the bottom of it, you know, and it's fuck you. Um, you know, so those death panels with regards to transplants have existed for a long time. Question is, is how do you define it? You know, what are your eugenic standards with regards to the transplant, how do you decide who is going to be a suitable, aside from the amount of money? Because, I mean, how many heart transplants have we seen, you know, Cheney get and uh, some of the others? <laughs> that show up there? Yep, that showed up. Um, <clears throat> I'll just read it for those uh, uh, on the audio only. A 31-year-old father is denied a heart transplant for refusing to get vaxxed because... Organs are scarce and shouldn't go to someone with a poor chance of surviving when the common cold uh, can kill after surgery. RT, if you support the hospital making the tough call. I mean, these are the guys who were pushing for Medicare for all two years ago. Right? <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> you know, well, and this is one of those things that's ironic because depending on which source of information you actually believe when it comes to the re- exact you know effects of being vaccinated you know we continue to see an awful lot of publications come out and say the myocarditis you know continues to affect you know the guy needs a heart transplant yet the process of getting the shot could affect his heart in such a way where he has myocarditis with the heart he has you know it's one of those medical things i his physician i mean so here's one for you there's a new hampshire state representative 
Yep. His uh, he, he's a fairly well known state rep. He's very very active Republican, Liberty Republican, uh, very much anti state. Not I wouldn't go as far as calling him a libertarian, but he's better than Nick Sarwarker, Bill Weld, and <laughs> which uh, is not you know saying much, but okay. yeah. Um, like he had given his kids ivermectin and whatnot when his family had the yeah. COVID go through. And, uh, then like one of his kids got sick with something or one of his kids like OD'd on some like cough syrup or something like weeks later, like not completely not separate situation. And he calls poison control, brings his kid to the hospital right. during questioning the kid mentioned something offhand about like ivermectin as other drugs yeah. were taken. Uh, CPS comes in and is trying to take all three of his kids. And uh, I did ask him to come on my show and talk about it. Like, and this is someone who's not really even a friend of mine. Like, we've had very stiff political arguments. He called me. Right. We had an hour long conversation where he was trying to get me to drop out and endorse a Republican last time I ran for uh, office. Uh, he was trying to get me to endorse the Republican I was running against. You mind you, this was a build the wall, tax everyone kind of corporate Republican. Right. Um, but he tells me the judge issued a gag order and he's not allowed to talk about it. Mm. And, and this is one of those interesting things because family services, child protective service, whatever you're calling it in whichever state it exists in, you know, the arbitrary lines which which they decide the fate of a family, that they decide the fate of a yep. children. You know, yeah. even in states where marijuana is legal, child protective services will go in and take kids of parents who are using. Yet they will leave children with heroin addicts that are selling their kids in order to get their fix. Yeah, so and, I, I saw a TikTok video, a, a TikTok video, an appellate court hearing an appeal where a woman was fighting to get her kids back from CPS. And I don't know how this ended up on TikTok. It's just a three minute clip. And the judges are asking the state's representative questions. And the state's representative is like, yep, according to these statutes, blah, blah, blah. She's like, if we determine there's imminent danger, we can take the kids. And the judge is like, you don't need a court order. And she's like, not according to the statutes. He's like, and the parents need a court order to get their kids back? Uh, no, they need an appellate court order, so they need to get permission to appeal from the court. And the judge is like, who the, the judge says in the terrible, who the fuck wrote these statutes? Like, like they're written by bureaucrats. Those weren't laws. Those were just yeah. promulgated rules that says we don't need a court order. You need to get permission from a lower court to appeal to a higher court to get your kids mm -hmm. back. Uh, and then the burden of proof is on you to prove that we wrongly took your kids. Yeah. Sounds like red flag laws almost. <laughs> well, it is red flag laws, except it's with kids. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, as we mentioned, family court dirt is dirty. And the thing is, is even though we got problems here in Idaho, it's still not as bad as we've seen in some of the other states. You know, where you got deeper depth of the corruption that's in the family courts and the family process. You know, judges that are bought in order to keep kids in, you know, cells so that for-profit, you know, juvenile centers can continue to rake in bucks off of, you know, people's tax money. Um, this whole thing, it starts getting messier and messier the deeper and deeper you go into it. And you find out that in some areas, you know, you actually have families that are qualified for foster care 
or Family Protective Services knows that the kids are being physically and sexually abused, yet they will still put kids with them despite the fact that they are still safer with the family they took them from. Yep. And you watch this entire mess play out and you go, how does this still continue to happen? Why? You know, why aren't we running these people through friggin' wood chippers? Yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because like, yeah. my ther- my therapist says I shouldn't bury problems, no matter how good it would feel me to bury them. <laughs> so, right? <clears throat> you know, it, it, this is part of the thing. The bureaucrats have created this authoritarian layer. You know, um, I know people who have such a high degree of anxiety over just the threat of having family services called on them that they will literally worry themselves into the ground, you know, to make sure that there is absolutely no reason that family services could be called. You know, and it's like, what, you know, James, right. Human traffic, how they look at us, you know, human traffic. I I know some people who shouldn't have kids. All right. Like I, I, I know, someone, we all know a few I, of them. We all know a few. I, of them. I know someone who absolutely, by all means, should not have fucking kids, and her kids are fucked, and she like has turned out to be a horrible parent, and the kids are fucked, um, and like their father is not much better, just a belligerent fucking drunk. They're better off there than in the state system. Like <laughs> there are those. You know, I'm not going to deny that those exist. You know, but it, it's almost one of those things. You're looking at that situation. You're going, why hasn't the state taken those kids yet? Well, here's the thing. In this particular situation, the kids have been in and out. Okay. And I'm looking at it like, I don't think the in and out's good for the kids. I think you should just, no, like, there's not. no it, way the fucking system is better for them than this shit. Yeah, the in and out's actually worse. You know, it's it would almost be better to put them into an abusive situation and leave them in an abusive situation than continue to destabilize them by thinking, you know, they're going to get help at some point. You know, not that I believe in that solution either, because that's, ju- you know, almost as fucked up as saying, you know, we'll put you with the nice people for, you know, a month, and then we'll stick you with the bad people for a month, and then we'll put you with some okay people for a month, you know, and then we'll send you back to your mom where she's going to, you know, shoot up in front of you and it's like guys come on some some stabilization here folks some fucking stabilization uh but it's the bureaucrats you know like you said child protective services family protective services all across the united states most of the regulations around health and human services are, are written not by written people by who are on epstein's manifest <laughs> they're written by people on epstein's manifest fucking a uh but <laughs> hold on, that's God, a <laughs> that's a tweet. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, dude, that that hurts. That hurts. That hurts on a cellular level. The accuracy hurts. <laughs> oh god! But I mean, it's not wrong. It's not wrong. Um. 
you know, so it's like, where do we go at this authoritarian, you know, stretch? What's our problem? Is it the fact that we're going to war again, less than six months after we finished our last 20 year war? You know, and we're going to war over a country that's looking at us going, there's not a fucking problem. Yeah. Back the fuck up. We don't need you escalating something that isn't going to happen. Here might be the one benefit of going to war against like an almost equally matched superpower is uh, we're not going to be able to eliminate the government. So there will be somebody to sue for peace. Like there will be a body to negotiate with once the war starts. So like if the war starts, I don't think it'll be another 20 year quagmire. It'll be like a two to three year. All right. We're going to redraw the lines instead of a 20 year sinkhole, um, just because we don't have the capability of eliminating the entire Russian government in the first few weeks of the war. You know, and that was one of the things, you know, Afghanistan, it was our puppet government. So how are we going to negotiate with our puppet government to end, you know, our profiteering loss? That's another thing that I absolutely hate about, you know, our modern wars is it's, you know, we don't play to win. We play to profit. Yeah, American kids over there. Raytheon's raking in the bucks, though. So the last war fought to win, you can say, was the Gulf War, and mm, I, I hate to say it, but it's only it's only a war crime if you lose. The United yeah, States well, committed atrocities and horrible war crimes during the Gulf War, but you know, three weeks later they declared victory and went home, and there was no one to really complain about it because the losers. No, there wasn't. There was the story. But yeah, Norman Schwarzkopf, like Norman Schwarzkopf, stopped troops short of entering Baghdad. And he, like, he did, like, you know, and, and here, here's the thing, though, you know, Desert Storm one, it started out as a defensive thing. You know, you had Schwarzkopf, he was in charge of it. You had this huge shield wall that was frigging, you know, multiple miles wide. And then all of a sudden, he, Papa Bush gave him the go and Schwarzkopf just Shock and awe. You know, it was over in three days before any politician or even Raytheon could step back and say, hey, what happened? <laughs> yeah. No, we're done, man. We're going home. <laughs> but yeah, like, we, talk, we talked going, about that. <clears throat> my money, my money, where, where, where's my money? But I'm, I'm of two minds of it when it comes to war. Like, war is an atrocity. War is a horrible, horrible thing. We should do everything humanly possible to avoid war and avoid the cost of war. However, if you make the decision to go to war, you need to let your war fighters fight a war. Yeah. Yeah. Like hampering them with rules, uh, rules of engagement and the politics of war is only going to drag things up, make it worse. Could you imagine how long World War II would have gone on if we had Twitter? <laughs> The firebombing of Dresden wouldn't have yeah. gone over so well. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if there was an NSA analyst leaking video of the firebombing of Dresden, could you imagine how that would have gone over in the media? Yeah. Yeah, last time we talked, the three of us, we were saying how war is supposed to be when politics has failed. Like, there's no other right. option. You've exhausted everything. 
where now war is politics. It's, I mean, they're inseparable. It's just the thing. It it, it goes back to the authoritarian thing because it's about the coercion. It's about the force. It's like, you know, we're not even going to bother negotiating until we've beaten you soundly. We told you what you, we told you what we wanted. You didn't give it to us. Boom. We're going to blow you into the stone age. Will you give it to us now? Yeah. You know, there was no pre-negotiate. There was no negotiation. There was no meeting of minds. There was no fair trade for what it was we wanted. It's like, if you don't give it to us, we're going to blow you up. You, too slow, man. Boom. Like, I hate to say it, but, like, if we were to go to war with Russia, like, by all means, like, if diplomacy has failed to the point where war with Russia is inevitable and it's the only next step the first step should be a strategic strike on moscow to eliminate the russian command and control center and it doesn't matter how many civilians you take out but that's unpalatable in the modern information age yeah it is you know and the interesting thing is is the rebuttal take out washington dc Half of America is looking at it. Please, please do. Go, go yeah. ahead, Russia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I, that's one of the things I don't think Washington, D.C. really understands. You know, they can pick a war with a nuclear power. They can pick a war with China. They can pick a war with Russia. And literally, we got the rest of America looking at him going, yeah. Do it. Do it. Do it, please. Do it. We know we're not. We know you're not coming in with the land forces, because the average American has more guns than your entire army. So we know you're not actually going to invade America. Who do you think has a higher uh, approval rating in America right now, Putin or Biden? Putin. Probably Putin. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd vote for him over Biden, like as far as an approval rating goes. <laughs> like, wait, who, I, who, who's the ahead. Ukrainian prime minister right now? Ukrainian prime. Do they have a prime minister or a president? I don't actually know shit about Ukraine. Well, they probably got both. Uh, they got rid of the pretty one. Anish Mahal is the prime minister. And Volodymyr Zelensky is the president. Most importantly, yeah, yeah. who is the attorney general of Crimea? <laughs> that was who it was, the attorney general of Crimea. Uh, That's no, how Russia got away with it. Like, 2007 to 2010, you had Yulia Tymoshenko. So, Remember Yulia Tymoshenko? No. <laughs> yeah. No, nope, I forgot about him already. <laughs> no, her, so that's how you, you want to know how Russia got away with annexing Crimea? Like why there was no political will in Europe or the US to do anything about Russia just taking Crimea? Because they put fucking Natalia Polkonskaya uh, as the attorney general governor of Crimea and her first news conference the entire internet's just like, oh, she's gorgeous. 
<laughs> and just started sipping over her. There was anime made about her, fan posted, and then like a picture came out of her going through fan mail from the U.S. and Europe, and people sending her like anime drawings of herself, asking them to sign them. There was no popular support. Like Russia at that point, they could have taken all of Ukraine that week, and nobody would have done a goddamn thing. <laughs> because they won the PR war on the internet by accident. They just put right. a, a gorgeous blonde in charge of the annexed territory and everyone fell in love with her. God, how how bad is it that America Right now it turns out she's the Russian ambassador to Cape Verde now. I feel like that's a step down. It is. It is. Uh <laughs> Uh, right. Isaiah, uh, half the people advocating for the war in Ukraine can't find Ukraine on a map. Uh, and it's true, you know, and we've seen that happen time and time again. Every time a poll goes out where you get the poll answers that are related to, you know, where on the map is this country? Okay. Point to the spot on the map. Where is Crimea? Okay, now give me your answer. Should we go to war? Yes, no. Where's the <laughs> Ukraine? Yeah, New Zealand. Uh, should we go to war or not? Yeah, it, it's like literally. How ignorant of geopolitics do you have to be to look at that and go, they, Ukraine used to be part of the Soviet Socialist Republic. You know? Uh, so did Afghanistan. So kind No, of. no, no. Kind Afghanistan of. never was. You they know. had a puppet government in Kabul. They had a puppet government, you know. It, it was, but it was the border zone. It was still Afghanistan. You know, the shame was, was you know, both U.S. and Russia were actually doing, you know, nat nation building. You know, at the same time when the Russians decided to roll the tanks across the border and take over Afghanistan and kick the U.S. out. That that was that was one of my spicier tweets last week that people got confused about. I said. <laughs> If Afghanistan can secede from the United States, why can't New Hampshire? Yeah, I saw that. that was good. <laughs> oh, they were only oppressed for twenty years. <clears throat> We've been so, oppressed for two hundred and fifty. So, Joe, yeah. what, what are you? What are your uh, closing thoughts on people who uh, who who are sick of Biden and just want uh, you want to go back to normal, back to? Uh, We'll say back to back 2020. To if I was super back to 2020, back to Trump. Everybody yeah. who wants to go back and reevaluate their vote, you know, go back to mean tweets. Yeah. Uh, here's the thing is it doesn't matter. A GOP, Republican, uh, Democrat, DNC, they're all authoritarian. They're all going to continue to steal your rights and they're all going to continue to print as much money as they want uh, and devalue your buying power, devalue your money, devalue your savings. You know, we have not seen a single uh, administration over the last 40 years that has significantly reduced the deficit spending, you know, let alone reduce the debt, you know, in the United States. So your purchasing power is going to continue to go away and your kids are going to continue to be used as cannon fodder for their wars, whether it's in uh, Afghanistan, whether it's in Ukraine. You have to take the power back. You have to decide to own yourself and choose liberty straight up. 
Joe, yeah. uh, inflation only started when we canceled the Keystone Pipeline. That's what did all of it. So it's a great asset, don't you know? Right, right. Yeah, son of a bitch. Nah, in, inflation's been going on for what? Ever since 1971, when Nixon fucking went off the gold standard, that friggin' bastard. I don't yeah. give a shit. Reagan was a Nixon Republican. Or <clears throat> Reagan was a Nixon Nixon Republican. Yeah. Well, you know, we uh, printed off 35% of all U.S. dollars in 2021 under Biden. Oh, wait. No, it wasn't 2021. Oh, that was 2020 under Trump, I think. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, no. why should uh, why should everyone move to New Hampshire? Because it's fucking awesome. Like, here's the thing. Like, the only – people aren't giving me good excuses anymore, so I'm not even – like – it's why shouldn't you move to New Hampshire at this point? Like we're winning. Even Cato says we're winning, and Cato's a bunch of fucking stuck-up regime libertarians. Like they don't understand freedom if you bit them in the ass. But Cato says New Hampshire is the freest state in the country, and they're using old data. The Cato Freedom in the Fifty States report was using data cut off of 2019. But if you read the appendix at the end of it. It says, based on legislation from 2019, 2020, and 2021, New Hampshire is poised to take such a commanding lead that it will never again stand a possibility of losing its number one ranking as free, uh, free estate in the union. Like, Florida is a fucking honeypot. Texas is a bait and switch. It's just right-wing authoritarianism by a different name. Like, sure, Florida managed to end their mandates sooner than New Hampshire did with the lockdowns and everything, but look at how the approach was done. In New Hampshire and Florida, both states were issued lockdowns, and in Florida, they empowered a governor to use his executive power to and overreach of government to end lockdowns and force private businesses to operate in violation of their freedom of association and their own free will to operate. Whereas in New Hampshire, we went through the legislative process to not only end the lockdowns, but to eliminate the governor's power to ever be able to do another one. So New Hampshire did it the right way. While Florida (laughs) gave their governor so much precedential power that God forbid a Democrat ever wins in that state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there's like it's, it'll be the most powerful governorship for them to take, and they can just take that state back to whatever the fuck they want. Like it, it's a bad idea. And if weather is your issue, then all I'm going to say, if the only thing standing between you and liberty in your lifetime is a jacket, then you're too weak for me to want you here because you're not someone who's going to fight. You're not someone who's going to stand up when you need to stand up. You're not someone who's going to take the initiative and work to improve your own liberty and the liberty of others. You're somebody who's going to sit on your ass and wait for others to do it for you. And frankly, I don't care to have you around. You're going to be a burden, not an asset nor an ally. Cato's also line up the ass about Idaho, too. You know, they say 10th in freedom in Idaho. Bullshit. You drive across the border with two edible candy bars. You're going to prison for 15 fucking years. Dude, don't go to Idaho if you like your THC. Don't. You're going away so Justin, a long fucking time. Yeah. <clears throat> Justin, where you can people follow your show? Be out before you will. Uh, you can follow my show on YouTube. It's O'Donnell for Liberty. Um, I've commented in the chat. You can click on that to get to my profile. Or follow me on Twitter at O'Donnell for NH. You can find... 
O'Donnell for the number four liberty.com. You can get links to everywhere Apple's podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, Breaker, wherever the fuck else it's published. I don't know. You can get a copy of my book from Amazon. Uh, but most of all, you follow me on Twitter. It's great. I'm a shithead. <laughs> so, uh, Joe, Justin's given up on the world of uh, electoral politics, but uh, you're still in. Oh, so, where can people help hey, you I'm working on a campaign right now. I'm not running myself, but I am working on somebody else's campaign. That's not announced yet. It's going to be hilarious. I can't wait. Yeah. I might have to move back to New Hampshire this weekend. So, <laughs> <laughs> right, hey, dude, you're going to break the internet when you do. You're going to break the Libertarian Party. I swear. Uh, you know, the Libertarian Party is already broken. So <laughs> that's like <laughs> that said, that said, it's not fractured nearly as bad as the DNC and the Republicans are right now. You know, fractured as the Libertarians are. We're still not as fractured as those two jacked up units. So you guys follow me, Idaho Joe for Congress on Twitter. Uh, I do have my YouTube channel and my Facebook. You guys can follow me on there. Find those. I also do a podcast with KRTD Media once a week as well as what's going on with uh, uh, my own outfit here. I do my own personal podcast on Fridays, and I do a live for Kind Idaho Medical Marijuana Consortium, talking about marijuana issues in the state of Idaho every other Thursday-ish, depending on how things break down with that. So Kind Idaho Medical Marijuana Actionism. Actionist. Get out. Do the action, man. Do the action. Stop being active. Do actions. Be an actionist. Be an actionist for marijuana. Be an actionist for libertarianism. Get out. Do the good stuff. Do the good jobs. There we go. Uh, everyone, look at the links in the description. I should have everything, or, or not everything that was mentioned, but most things that were mentioned. Um, <laughs> also, follow me on Odyssey. Follow me on Spotify. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, everywhere. Um, because who knows how long I'll be on here. But thanks, guys. That was a good talk. And uh, I don't know when I'm streaming next. I might be streaming this weekend. Uh, but if not, I'll have Scott Horton on the show on Tuesday. And we'll be talking about Russia and Ukraine and whether or not you should care.